Hey everyone, welcome to Comic Zooka. My name is Malcolm, and today we are going to talk about Moon Knight. Yeah, the series, I meant. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's a little overdue, but hey, better late than never. Uh, just had a certain situations there that made it very, very complicated to do this podcast. But anyways, today what we're going to do is a review. Um, what, what are my thoughts about the series, right? Now, I'm not going to deep dive a bunch of things um, because, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about it. But some of it has already been explored in our history of Moon Knight, um, both the audio version that you can find here on the podcast or you can find the video version of it on YouTube. Either way, right? So we kind of deep dive a little bit on the history of Moon Knight comic book wise, right? Now, we know that comic books and the series, they're not the same thing we know that they're like two separate universes but it's a good point to start you know it's always good a good reference if you may okay so before we get started just to let you know there are spoilers if you haven't completely seen the series watch it before you continue listening to this podcast on the review of the series moon knight okay so put pause go and watch the series and then you're welcome to come back anytime Alright, so I trust everybody that's here. We're ready for the review. First off, may I say I love this series. Now, this is a very unique series compared to what we have seen before in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I could definitely say that Marvel made a huge bet on this one. They tried to gamble as much as they can. And hey, they won because they really came up with an awesome series. I have to admit, I love this series. It's so different, so unique. And everything that has to do with the Egyptian uh, mythology really made it so so awesome so i think that yeah i mean this series is just plain good all around and it's again you know it's very unique especially for a character such as moon knight that has this dissociative identity disorder that really makes the characters so much more interesting uh, compared to let's say other characters that we could find in marvel right so to begin with let's talk a little bit about what we started to see at the very beginning because a lot of people People were like, but is this guy imagining things? I mean, we got this character, Stephen Grant, is like in the middle of a town. He's about to be beat up by a bunch of people. And then suddenly he suffers some sort of a seizure. And then he kind of snaps out of it and everyone is dead. I mean, it's like, what happened here? I mean, is he imagining things? Because I remember a friend of mine actually said, hey, Mal, is this actually happening? I mean, is he imagining things or what is it? And I said, nah, this is part of dissociative identity identity disorder right most likely he's switching between personalities which in a way was the case but not entirely we kind of figured it out right at the end of the series especially with the post credit scene that we got in the last episode which we got finally the reveal of Jake Lockley but we'll get that in a moment so anyways right from the very start we start seeing that dissociative identity disorder that the character suffers from we're not told that right in the very start in the get-go but but we start realizing that, yeah, there is something going on there. There are multiple personalities. Later on, we see that it's not just Stephen Grant. We also see Mark Spector. He is 
that other personality, which they start contacting each other between Stephen Grant and Mark Spector through a reflection. He starts hearing the guy's voice and start realizing that they're actually two in one, right? At least at that moment of the series. So I think that that was really awesome. They did that really so well. I mean, it's wow. I mean, I just love that part. And of course, we got to say that Oscar Isaac's performance was phenomenal. I, I mean, I don't doubt his talent as an actor. I mean, I've seen him in Dune. Of course, we saw him in Star Wars. I mean, he's done a great job. Let's try to forget Apocalypse for now, okay? But, I mean, he's done a great job throughout his entire career. And doing this character with multiple personalities... It was so awesome, right? I really love that. It was so, so good. Another thing that really stand out for me in the series, which was probably not something I would entirely have expected, but I love the fact that they did it, is that Moon Knight have powers in a way, right? Because honestly, if, if you remember when we talked about this on our video on the history of Moon Knight, we mentioned that Moon Knight really doesn't have any powers or abilities beyond who he is, right? I mean, he is an expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat, martial arts, you know, he's, uh, he's a good detective. And of course, he has a bunch of of high-tech equipment and you know all sorts of gadgets so that really makes Moon Knight awesome and what many people sometimes compare Moon Knight to Batman but in this series we got to see that he has something more than that he has powers that were given to him by Kanshu he has increased strength speed endurance um, agility he it seems like he could even fly which is something that We've seen before in comics, but we don't see it a whole lot in comics. There was this time during the comics where he had superpowers, but it depended on the lunar cycle. So if it was full moon, he was he had more strength, more speed, more endurance. If it was new moon, he was weaker in every sense. And here it seems like, yeah, he does have powers, right? It does seem like he have some sort of powers that were granted to him by the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. So that was interesting. Another thing that I found interesting, which at the end I'm like, darn it, we didn't get that. If you remember, there was this part in the series that Stephen Grant found the cell phone hidden in his apartment. He takes the cell phone, he starts going through the history of calls, and he finds that he had a ton of calls by Layla. In a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about her. But yeah, he had a bunch of calls from Layla. But among the calls, he had one from Duchamp. Now, Duchamp, if you remember again, right, I'm, I'm making a reference again to the History of Moon Knight video that we did. Duchamp is, his full name is Jean-Paul Duchamp, also known as Frenchie. He is Mark Spector's best friend, which appears in the very first comic, not his first appearance, but at least in the first comic from his series, Moon Knight number one, back in 1980. He appears there as his best friend, and both of them, they work for Bushman. Now, keep that name in mind, because Bushman will become significant later on in this review. Anyway, so Duchamp appeared in his cell phone's history, right, in the calls, and it was like, oh wow, I thought the Champ was going to appear, but we didn't see him. It was just a simple reference or an Easter egg, if you may. So I was like, darn, we didn't get him. Darn it. It would have been awesome, really. He would have appeared and say, hey, dude, you remember me? Um, We worked together in Sudan, right? With Bushmen. And he's probably like, I don't know who you're talking about, mate. <laughs> That's a horrible English accent. I know. I'm not good at imitations. Sorry. <laughs> 
Anyways, it would have been fun, but we didn't get that. <laughs> so, so unfortunate. Let's talk a little bit about the other characters, right? Just a moment ago, I mentioned that we had Layla. Now, Layla is an interesting one because um, her full name is Layla El Fali. I think that that will be the way to pronounce it, El Fali. And I don't even remember if they gave us her last name in the series, but I had to look it up just to be sure because I really wanted to know a little bit more about this character because the character is not from the comics. Okay, to begin with, she's not from the comics. However, she's actually a combination of two comic book characters. So which two? Okay, if you remember, we talked about in the history of Moon Knight. There is this love interest that Mark Spector has. The love interest is Marlene Alron. Marlene Alron is the daughter of Dr. Peter Alron. Dr. Peter Alron is the lead archaeologist in Sudan leading an archaeological dig until terrorists came and assaulted them. The terrorists, of course, led by Bushman and Mark Spector and Deschamps were there too. Now, this is important because this is one of the things I have a problem with the series. We have plot holes, like several plot holes. In the comics, what happened is that Peter Elrond had this archaeological site. He found some he found some Egyptian artifacts, and there was his daughter Marlene Elrond. Bushman found out about this archaeological dig, and he said, "Oh, there gotta be gold there." So he goes with his men, and among his men we have Mark Spector and Deschamps. They go along with him. When they arrive at the site, Bushman kills Peter Alron by snapping his neck. Mark Spector helps Marlene to escape. And then Bushman orders his men to execute everyone at the archaeological site. Mark Spector rebels. He fights against Bushman. And Bushman gives him one hell of a beating and leaves him in the middle of the desert to die. Afterwards, Mark Spector found his way kind of back to the archaeological site and he's picked up by people that were still around there. They took them in front of the statue of Khonshu. Marlene appears in that area where we find Mark Spector practically dying in front of the statue of, of Khonshu. Mark Spector at the end dies and then he comes back to life and he attributes his recovery or his resurrection Direction to Kanchu. Basically, that's like in the summary. So after that, Marlene becomes uh, Mark Spector's um, love interest. So I'm just going to leave it to that. That's kind of like a summary. If you want to see more of that, again, go and take a look at the video on the history of Moon Knight. So that's practically in a nutshell. Here, we kind of get a little bit of that. So Layla tells us that her father was an archaeologist who was killed. Mark Spector says, yeah, Bushman killed him. I was there. I saw it. So it makes reference to the comics. Afterwards, in a flashback, we see that Mark Spector was in front of the statue of Kanshu. And he dies. And then Kanshu kind of brought... Well, no, he didn't die. Kanshu kind of healed him and said, you're now my avatar. So all this actually is interconnected, but they kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like a plot hole there. But anyways, going back to Layla. So yeah, so at the end, we get Layla being Marlene in a way, but in the series, she's really Layla El Fali. Now, this is interesting because we see later on in the series that she turns into an Egyptian superhero. And who is this hero? Well, I think everybody already knows this, is Scarlet Scarab. Now, Scarlet Scarab is an old character from back in the 70s originally. Um, the story about this character is that it's actually Dr. Abdul Fall. 
hear the last name again. Fall. I hope I pronounced that correctly. El Folly. Fall. Mm, practically almost the same thing. And in the story, what it tells us or in the comic book, um, specifically in The Invaders, number 23, in December of 1977, it tells us that Dr. Abdul Fall was a famous archaeologist during the Second World War. He found a ruby scarab, an Egyptian artifact, that when he touched it, he had mystical powers transferred to him, and he turned himself into the Scarlet Scarab. If you can see, the last name is very similar to El Fali, so it seems like Layla is really the combination of two characters so that made it interesting at first i was like okay where's marlene but we didn't get marlene we got layla it finally all made sense and i'm like you know i could live with this it's fine you know it's okay right and layla kind of has the same backstory as marlene her father being killed by bushman he was an archaeologist and you know it's almost the same thing so i kind of found that very interesting um also another thing that i think is important to point out and you may have remembered this she actually turns into um the scarlet scarab being the avatar of the Egyptian goddess of Tawaret. I hope I pronounced that correctly. So, okay, that was cool. That was cool, right? We're still following that Egyptian avatar concept that they were giving us. So, I mean, I could live with that, really. So that, that was kind of cool. You know, before I go any further, because the next character I want to talk about is Arthur Harrell. Um, but before I go any further, I remember that I mentioned about the Scarlet Scarab, um, how Abdul Fall turned into the Scarlet Scarab, finding this Ruby Scarab. Well, I think it's important to point out that the Ruby Scarab was an artifact that originally was created to battle the Eternals somewhere around 3500 BC. Now, why is this important? Well, it seems like originally we were going to get an internal that was going to appear in the series, um, which we didn't, right, at the end. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the cameo would have been Kingo. Anyways, okay, let's continue now with Arthur Harrell. Now, this is the weird one because Arthur Harrell originally, let's see, the character that we got is nothing like the comic book version, or at least what I know. Dr. Arthur Harrell in the comics was a scientist that was doing some bogus um, experiments. Now, if you want us to deep dive us, let us know. We'll probably make a video for YouTube on that. But originally, this character only appeared once in comic books. That's it. He appeared in Moon Knight number two in April of 1985. His only appearance. And that's it. Nothing more, guys. Nothing more. I like the concept that we got this time because Arthur Harrow here is a cult leader. They're trying to bring back Amit. And I was like, oh, dude, this is a very awesome concept. Really? I loved it. And I, I think how they did it was so good. Now, why they went for a character like Arthur Harrow from the comics to turn him into a cult leader and do all this with this character in this story, I don't know. But still, I love what they did with it, really. I, th I think it was really awesome. I really liked the character. I think he was he was a really good villain at the end. And especially with the post credit scene, but we're going to get that in just a moment, guys. I'm going to get to the post credit scene in just a moment. So anyways, I actually would have thought that Bushman would have been a very good first villain for Moon Knight to fight against, just like in the comics. But 
but that didn't happen. Okay, let's get to other details about the series. Now, let's talk about the CGI and the music. Well, let's start with music first. I think the music was good. The CGI, not so much. I think the CGI was good in part of the series, but there were moments that was kind of cheesy. So for instance, um, going back to the fact that Moon Knight has powers, I really enjoyed the way how he goes into costume. That was really awesome. I love that part. It seems like they're bandages that kind of wraps him around and then he's already in costume. He is Moon Knight. That was really awesome. But my problem is that at times that looked really fake. <laughs> so I don't know. CGI was fine sometimes. Sometimes it wasn't. But it really doesn't affect my experience of the story itself. So that was fine. At the end, you know, I could live with it. And the other problem I had that I already mentioned was the plot holes. I think there were several plot holes here that I'm like, okay, you should have explained this a little more or I would have loved to see something more to this. I've seen the series only once and I may have lost the details of this. Maybe I may have not paid enough attention to it. You tell me. But I think what I mentioned just a moment ago, when we find out that Mark was present the moment that Bushman killed Layla's father... Plus, the other moment of his flashback when he was in front of Kanshu's statue dying and then Kanshu speaks to him and turns him into his avatar. In the comics, they're intertwined. Here, doesn't seem like it's like that. So, I feel like as a plot hole, it would have been nice to kind of have a little bit more of that backstory. I think a season two would be good, even though it's not been confirmed. And in a way, they're like, no, we're probably not going to have season two. I hope we do get season two. I mean, I would love them to explore all this right it will be awesome another thing that really got me thinking is mark's mother his mother, we see in the story how his mother dies and he doesn't really go into the house and he actually has that kind of seizure and he turns into Stephen Grant and then he kind of walks away. But the big question is, how did Mark's mother die? I know that maybe someone is saying, this is insignificant. We don't care. But really, how did she die? I mean, was her death suicidal? Because she was in this huge depression. Did she drink herself to death? Could have been actually Jake that killed her. I mean, Jake is, I mean, is he's brutal. We saw that right at the end. Um, I get to the post credit in just a moment. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here maybe a bit. But could have been Jake that killed Mark's mother? Oh my God, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I know, I know. That sounds kind of dark. That's kind of dark. I know, I know. It's kind of dark. I'm sorry. But I couldn't help it. You know, why not? Anyways, um, yeah, that could be another thing. I don't know. And yeah, I'm going to put that aside now. <laughs> that was way too dark. Okay, let's talk about now the post credit scene. Now, the post credit scene was awesome because it's like r completely taken out of the comics. You know, it's like ripped out of the pages of the comics and thrown to us on screen you know we get to see Kanshu in a limousine with the same license plate number Kanshu also dressed similar to what we've seen in the comics you know that was really awesome I love that that was so cool but we gotta talk about Jake Lockley guys Jake Lockley now from the very start I was wondering I mean when are we gonna see Jake and the whole series went by I'm like 
I don't see Jake anywhere. Where is he? Well, Jake was always there in the background. The weird seizures where Stephen Grant doesn't remember killing people or doing some really brutal stuff. It was actually Jake. We got to see that, I think, in the last episode where some brutal stuff happens. A bunch of people die and Mark is like, um, Stephen, do you do that? It's even like, no, mate, <laughs> not a chance. Well, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God. So there is Jake. But aside of that, if you remember the Egyptian coffin, when Mark was in this asylum like environment and he sees like this Egyptian coffin kind of like rocking back and forth, that was definitely Jake. I mean, I when I saw that, I said, hey, could that be Jake? And yeah, definitely we got Jake in the very end and the post credit scene. But yeah, I mean, Jake Lockley finally appears and we see the guy is brutal. And it kind of speaks up a lot about who Kanshu really is. Kanshu really got his way. He wanted Arthur Harold to die. And even though Mark said no, Steven said no, they were like, no, we want our freedom. Forget it. We're not doing this. We're not going to be your puppet anymore. Kanshu was, okay, that's fine. No problem. Of course, because he still had Jake as his avatar. My God, that's so sick. <laughs> I love that. It was a really awesome, awesome post credit scene, guys. Will we see Jake in the future? I don't know. I mean, that's another thing that really got me thinking. Why aren't we going to get season two? We got to get season two. Or are we going to get uh, Moon Knight in another series, another movie? Are they really going to come up with Midnight Suns? I mean, I will definitely love to see Moon Knight more in the future. I would like to see him and his backstory. These plot holes that we got, I would love to see those plot holes filled up, definitely. And I would like to know more about Layla. Will she continue being the Scarlet Scarab? You know, Egyptian's hero. That would be so awesome. You know, you never know. To finish this review, my final score would be an 8. I'm giving this series an 8. I love the series. The series is really good. I just loved it entirely. It has a couple things that, I mean, it could work better. But nothing that really bothers me to the point that I could say I hate the series, you know. I don't understand what they're doing here. I love the series. I wish, really wish, that they make season 2. Right, they, they could deep dive more things on Moon Knight's backstory, Layla's backstory, their backstory together as a couple. But also, I don't know, confront another another villain, right? I don't know, it'd be so awesome, right? For instance, just recently, we know that there is this story arc back in 2021 called The Mission, where it's Moon Knight against vampires. And since we are going to get Blade... So I'm like, hey, you never know, right? It could be that Moon Knight will return against vampires. Maybe he's going to fight against Blade. I don't know. I'm, I'm just coming up with some crazy ideas, some crazy theories. I'm so excited, actually. <laughs> all right, then. Well, that's all I got to say about this series. But yet, aside that, I loved it. Yeah, I give it an 8. And, oh, man, I hope we could get more Moon Knight. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating and a review. Please subscribe to Comic Zuka the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you like to listen to. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Here in Comic Zuka, we're saving the day one comic book at a time. See you guys next time.